Hello and welcome to the Engineering YouTube and podcast. I'm Paul, your host. This podcast is all about Porsche and the cars and the people and the technology and the engineering that goes behind it. You'll find your Porsche stories, which is us, me, talking to you about your Porsche, your journeys and your life experiences with those cars. Tech Talk, which is all about the technical aspects of Porsche. Waffle, which is just me whistering on about basically anything with some friends. And Heritage, which looks at the entire journey of Porsche from the earliest days to the present day. If that sounds interesting to you, then stick around. Welcome back to the Engineering YouTube and podcast, and welcome to episode 31 of the podcast. Hope you're all well. Hope you're having a lovely week so far. Um, this week, picking up... Um, on a conversation that I've mentioned a couple of times in the podcast, but I haven't sort of got to it yet. But this week there's less for me to talk about, and I'm sure you're all breathing a massive sigh of relief over that. Um, but actually more of a, well, the biggest conversation that I've had in terms of a your Porsche story so far. Um, before we get into that though, I'll talk a bit more about that in the, uh, the that kind of, when the music starts and, um, you know, you can sort of settling down and grabbing a cup of coffee or whatever it is to listen to the Your Porsche Story episode or Heritage or Tech Talk, whatever it is. Um, I do have a couple of things to talk about before we get into that, though. So I'm just going to pick up on those. But it is, don't worry, it is short and sweet. Um, I finally booked Right Tune. Um, right Tune are one of the, well, one of, if not the best engine not so much tuner but builder in the uk for porsche engines i've been watching their stuff i saw them at boxing gas a couple of years ago um and again and we bumped into each other and you know um the team i sort of chatted to them about the ren 550 project and what we can do in terms of an engine build for that um but that conversation sort of stopped there but what i was really keen to do is to do a tech talk with them on uh porsche engines design maintenance um, and really start expanding on the kind of air-cooled element and, and what sort of selection of engine, how should I go about selecting an engine for the Ren 550? Um, and actually that tech talk, we talked about it, how would we do it, kind of what approach, timing, because obviously again, like like every um, tech talk, uh, they're a working business, so I've got to try and fit around them. So we managed to pick a date though, that's happening on the 4th of May. Um, really stoked about that. It's gonna be really, really interesting. So. Um, if you're a techie kind of person and you want to know a lot more about building Porsche engines, that one's going to be for you. Um, but as always with these things, the, the time it takes to then shoot it and then edit it and get it on the channel or the podcast is uh, takes a little while. But that's booked for the 4th of May. The other booking um, and kind of talking a little bit more about the YouTube channel, uh, the Rem Builds episodes on my Porsche Cayman uh, 981 and kind of how I've got from a vanilla car to where it is right now. Uh, those episodes have come out over the last three weeks, I think it is so far. Got a couple of, couple of episodes left on that before we move back into Heritage and Tech Talk and everything else. Um, bit, I've got I've had some nice feedback just from other 981 owners. Those those episodes are always going to be a little bit limited in their audience because it's very specific about my car, my you know my 981 and what I've been doing to it. So. Um, the reach isn't quite as big as you'd hope, but that's cool. It makes sense because it's, there's, it's very specific about one type of car. Um, but it's always, I've always found it a bit weird when I've had um, posts going out or kind of reference made to my car on the channel, um, but it's lagged by about 18 months. So this really gets everybody from kind of not seeing anything about my car and, you know, and all the way through from that kind of 
uh, selling my Cayman, buying the 911 Carrera T that I had, and then selling it and then buying my old Carrera back, um, Cayman back, oh, Freudian slip there. Um, and then doing stuff with it, you know, getting it to the point where it's OEM plus. Mostly, I would say 95% OE parts, but um, there's a few that aren't on there. So uh, yeah, so that's just coming to an end. But on that note, um, the really, the main things that will have be that are left, that I haven't done so far, that are kind of in the progress of doing right now, are, um, they're all visual. There's nothing performance related, but they're all visual. One is uh, colored brake calipers. Um, no groaning at the back, please. A, I'm not going for yellow. Yellow on white would look disgusting anyway. Um, just not, that's not something you get it if you've got PCCB, but you're not going to choose that color, or I certainly wouldn't. Um, red, red's uh, an S color. My car's not a Cayman S. Um, and none of that would work with the color coding I've got right now anyway. So brakes are going to be uh, Irish green. I thought about a brake upgrade in, in its entirety, and I've still come back to the conclusion that it's just completely unnecessary for the car, the way I use it, and the sort of driving I have. You know, it's just there's no need for me to go for a break upgrade, especially when the money I do have or the energy and time I do have really needs to be invested in kicking off the Ren 550 and, um, and less about my Cayman, which great car, love it, but it's more a sort of um, what you can do with minimal changes kind of effort with that. So that's it. Irish green is going to be the color. I've got some engineering decals instead of the Porsche logos you'd have on the brake calipers and that's being planned in but not booked. Interior-wise, that's the next episode that's coming up on the channel um, at Engineering on YouTube. Um, and yeah, so it's going to be picking up on all the sort of interior work. I would say there's more interior stuff than, than anything else in the car. Um, so it's going to be quite a big episode on everything I've done, all the little details that you, again, you wouldn't necessarily notice, but, um, but yeah, I think they're really cool anyway. And that leads me on to another booking, which I literally just spoke to the guy five minutes ago before I start recording this, and that's Dave the Trimmer. Um, you may remember, if you're an avid listener, or a couple of thousand of you, I think it is in the moment, um, that the previous company that I was looking to work with, um, again, no, nothing against the company, it's just that they're, in such, they're so far away from me, the timescales of when we were booking in for just made it really awkward, so... Um, and that was D-Class Automotive. And they're amazing, right? So there's not a knock on D-Class. I think their work's great, lovely guys. Um, and they've, you know, as I mentioned before, they do lots of the MSO, McLaren Special Operations work. And, you know, their, their attention to detail is incredible. So it's not a knock on them. But Dave the Trimmer, who I will be sending the car to, Dave's got a 964. Um, if you've seen it, Guards Red 964 on the deck on some kind of like, I think, I need to check with him. They're augment uh, tele dials that he's had made, something like that. I'll check when I when I shoot that video. I'll check. Um, but he's a really nice guy. Like the work when I checked his car out. In fact, you can probably listen to an episode way back at last year's flat six event, and myself and my older gentleman neighbour um, Barry did a walk around. Um, you can still listen to that and we, we stumbled over Dave's car when it was parked up um, and I really love the interior I thought he's done an incredible job of course he's done an incredible job it's his car and he's the trimmer so um, the interior is bound to be great but it, it really some of the ideas that I've suggested to him he's a bit like oh I'm not sure we can do that 
Um, so I'm not going to share exactly what those are. You can head over to the Instagram page because I've posted a couple of bits here and there about what cloth I'm going to be using. It's at Engineering UK. Um, but David the Trimmer is being booked tomorrow morning at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, so I should be able to share next week on what that plan is for that. I have done a couple of little things in the last week or so. Titanium wheel studs and nuts. Uh, I like, God, don't, I know it sounds really dull, doesn't it? But I really like cleaning my car and gauge adenoids. Um, and because I love cleaning my car, I find it really therapeutic and relaxing to do. I'm off, the wheels are on and off all the time anyway. So um, yes, you can get one of those little screw-in things, but man maths. Then it was like, well, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get some wheel studs and do a conversion, because I think it looks cool as well. The cho choices are uh, steel and I know Renline do a set, and I think Renline do those through Design Nine Eleven. But I'm sure we can get them all over the place. Um, and I had sort of mixed feedback about the Renline stuff. Um, not that they're not you know the the right tensile strength or anything like that nothing like that um just the longevity of the coating on the on their studs themselves that i'd heard a couple of sort of mediocre reviews about so um so i chose to go titanium from uh, a company in the states uh haven't reviewed those yet but again in line with everything that's going on the channel um i'll give it some time and then kind of do some reflections of whether that uh, that stuff lasts and whether it's still good because that's kind of the rem builds episode so far is like that mix of here's what I did and it's because it's been a bit of time, here's what I think about it now. Um, because it's good to get that reflection, right? So, so that's that. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. I think that's almost it. Oh yeah, the other thing, all related to the interior of the Cayman, um, sitting on my dining room table, as I can see it right now, and I haven't opened it, is a um, 991.2 Carrera T, GT steering wheel effectively. So it's the same steering wheel you get on 911R, GT3, uh, GT3 RS. Um, and it's currently set up as PDK, but the trim to change it back to a manual is dead simple and super cheap. Um, found that on eBay and got it for a steal. <laughs> I paid 300 pounds for that steering wheel. Now, if you know anything about those steering wheels, like to buy one from Porsche is like two and a half thousand quid. Um, obviously then you get to choose it in the correct orient, you know, the correct, uh, setup. So again, non-PDK, whether you want multimedia and all that stuff, um, stereo controls. Uh, I wanted a, uh, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, but, um, obviously you'll see it in the fullness of time, but the, I had a couple of bits of feedback. So I put a post up about whether people prefer the sport design steering wheel or the GT designed the GT steering wheel from the 9191.2 generation cars and it was all it was like 53% in favor of the GT steering wheel and 47% in favor of the sport design steering which I already have um, both would be retrimmed anyway so if I kept the one I've already got that was a part of the spec of the original car that would be retrimmed if I replace it with this GT steering wheel that sat on the dining room table that's going to get retrimmed um, You'll know if, again, if you've followed the channel, podcast, uh, Insta page, all that stuff, um, that I ripped the entire lower dash out of the car uh, and replaced it with the GT4 lower dash. The only difference is that the lower dash is now that's all dark gray Alcantara as opposed to plastic. It's all that plastic covering. Um, so the gear shift boot will be trimmed to match. 
there'll be other bits of trimming that go on uh, that we trim to match the steering wheel that I have has arrived in black leather lovely but that's going to get trimmed in that same grey alcantara with a silver stitch and then uh, on that silver stitch the center marker will be the irish green color that's kind of the uh, counter color for the rest of the car so it looked really cool whichever way i go um, and obviously you can tell the fact i'm saying whichever way i go i need to unpack it kind of hold it up in the car i might even whip the other steering wheel off i just gently place it on and just see you know take a st stand back look at it and see what i think because i paid 300 pounds for it the reality is even if i change my mind and go no i'm keeping the original car the original spec um which i'm not completely wedded to i think it's cool uh, but i'm not you know still i'm probably in the same place as everybody else with it 50 percent either way um we'll see but yeah so the, when it's set up i'll buy trims that are off the 911r um to get a really clean look i don't like the little screw heads that are in the um setup as it comes from factory and the there is a difference between i mean it's, it's pretty common now right across um most generations changing stereos because they all fit amongst themselves so it's, it's not particularly technically difficult to do it the only thing with the gt steering wheel is it is smaller than the sport design steering wheel um and it has the uh mode control selector on the steering wheel but as a little kind of it's like a manatino effectively off a of ferrari um tacky as it is i really I really like that. I really like that one thing, but I don't like the little screw heads. I don't. I think they're just tacky. Um, so I'm going to set it up basically by the little bits of trim to mirror the 911R because I think that's such a cool car, um, and it's really subtle that way. So even if I do keep the GT steering wheel, as you can tell, that alone is going to is going to be you know completely altered. But all again, all OEM. Uh, apart from the center marker it's all just going to be a case of cherry picking my favorite parts and throwing it all together and you know making a nice soup out of it basically so um yeah that's it that i'm not going to go any further than that i've done 13 how do i do this 13 minutes um i'm amazed i can talk for 13 minutes to be perfectly honest but yeah so back to this your porsche story then cue the music and uh yeah so this chap read was probably the first person that reached out to me uh when the channel was kind of much smaller i was probably only on episode 10 or 11 at that point <clears throat> and uh he said yeah he'd love to come and chat uh i think he found my dulcet tones <laughs> he'll be laughing at this uh, interesting and enjoyed the episodes that have been put out so far. It was very flattering. It was just a lovely chat. Um, it's always good when stop. someone starts off by flattering you, right? Uh, but actually, once we got into the conversation, it, we, you know, we're simpatico straight away, like you know, brothers from another mother. Uh, you know, he lives in the States, so it was on a, it was a Zoom call, it wasn't in person. Um, but what's interesting is when I set these up, I thought, well, zoom comes with a 45 minute cap and these your porsche story episodes are only supposed to be 15 20 minutes really just sort of an overview of someone's lived in experience with a porsche model and try and get as many as we can so they kind of fill in the gap between either big heritage episodes where it's obviously a big sit down and a full shoot that all goes on the youtube channel and these are supposed to be kind of more bite-sized bits that you guys could listen to and not necessarily have a huge episode of um it was really obvious when I burned through the 45 minutes and we'd really only just got started 
uh, and we I needed to drop off the call and restart the call because I don't because I do Zoom so infrequently it, it makes no sense to paying for a big contract for it. Um, and we had to do that two more times. So that gives you an indication as to how long this conversation goes on for. So you're probably going to want to do it in a couple of goes unless you've really got, you know, unless you're doing a monster drive somewhere and you can sort of sit through the lot. But um, what I will say is Michael Lenzi, and that's who we're talking to today, is an absolutely lovely guy. He's a fascinating character anyway. Uh, ice hockey player, musician, you know, photographer, um, fascinated with art. I mean, uh, some some conversations like everybody, like all of the conversations you have with people in life generally, some of them they really kind of resonate, live with you, and you can recall all the detail in its completeness. Or uh, some that you just they're lovely, but they're less memorable to you just because of you know they didn't um, that sort of kinship didn't kick off as, as quite as deeply. Sometimes some people just click with. Uh, this is one of the people that I really clicked with. So, uh, yeah, I really hope you enjoy the conversation. Uh, Michael Lenzi and his uh, Caymans, Cayman R, and then uh, his more current Cayman that he has now, and also his first ever GT3 that he bought, and um, some of the monster journeys he's taken with those cars, so, and his previous cars. Um, so here it is, here's Michael Lenzi and I talking about his Porsche experience and his Your Porsche Stories episode, and I will catch you back up at the end. Good. Um, because it's recording, I'll do a very quick intro and then we just get straight into it. But um, like I said, there's no prep or anything for you, um, but I'll do my podcasty bit. So um, cool. Uh, welcome back to the Engineering YouTube and podcast. Um, welcome to my guest this week, who is a chap that reached out to me, thankfully, uh, to talk about his GT3 and then shortly found out afterwards he's got two Porsche. So um not and one's not enough apparently um so welcome michael thank you so much for joining me this week um but yeah really good to see you after um, I'll, I'll offer my apologies as well you know on the podcast uh michael was very patient because there was a couple of personal issues i had to attend to which meant there's a bit of a delay in our initial booking to today but we've got there eventually so welcome to the podcast michael how are you doing you know i'm happy to be here good good um with all these your porsche stories episodes uh, I really like to start um, with the the person I'm talking to's childhood, because I think it's really those formative years, those really early years where you're kind of absorbing and listening to things and everything's kinesthetic. You touch something or you see something and it's all of that stuff is 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 what builds your um, your framing for what comes in the future, I think. So um, if we can start there, what was your um, earliest car experiences and what was your first Porsche experience? Where did that come from? Well, it, it's interesting that I did not, you know, when I was a little kid, I didn't think about cars at all, mm. and, which is kind of strange, maybe for people who end up with two Porsches and, you know, having tons and tons of cars like I have. Mm. I, my dad didn't really have a lot of money, nor okay. did my mom. So sure. We we had we had an Opal station wagon, and then we had one of the worst cars ever made, a Ford Fairmont station wagon. So oh, I don't. Probably... You're gonna need to educate me a little bit because I'm from the UK. There's there's quite a lot of the station wagon thing. I don't think people get in the UK over here. We call it an estate. Uh, yeah. But but effectively, and I think your station wagons are 
quite a bit bigger, right? Is that fair to say than our British? Well, this one, this one was the most budget of the budget right. okay. wagons. And um, it was silver. It was uh, probably a 1976. Mm -hmm. So it was our 1977. And um, it was very boxy. It right. just looked like a K car, not like cool K cars. I'm talking about a K car. They had them in GM and Ford and whatever. They had these just, they look like, they almost looked about as unstyled as a Lada. Or right, something okay, like sure. Yeah, yeah. Big. And um, that's what we had. It had red vinyl interior and it was an automatic transmission. It probably just had AM radio. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was the extent of it. So I wasn't really too enthused about cars. And really my introduction to cars was cool cars, that is, and Porsches in particular, was my friend Ian. His, his dad would take us to ice hockey practice in his 914. It was green. Oh, cool. 914. I don't, I don't I recall what year it was. What the I was going to say, was. What, how old were you? Do you remember roughly what age you Seven, were? Probably 73, something like that. Okay. okay. About 914s. I never really was that interested in them. Mm. But I was interested in the, the experience of the car because it had the target top. Yeah. And um, I don't remember it being particularly fast, but I remember that we ian had to sit on my lap <laughs> well i was about to say this isn't making a lot of sense and 914 and three people that doesn't sound like yeah. a great start but there you go you've explained it now right but i was a i i was a i was a little kid and we we were we would dress up because there was no room to put our hockey bags okay we would um be in full gear and he'd be sitting on my lap and and the sticks would be up out of the out of the roof wow. even in the even in the cold and that's how we would go to, to practice uh, and on the weekends. And uh, I, I remember thinking, this is a really weird car. Mm. Um, Especially if your frame of reference is uh, station wagons and kind of frosty oh, station wagons. And then suddenly you've got this strange, tiny thing with two seats and an engine that's not even in the front of them. It's in the back or in the middle. You know, it's very odd as a reference point. And and you know we there there were import cars around. Uh, for instance, our uh, we had someone living in our basement, a tenant, mm -hmm. and uh, he had a Datsun. Okay, two forty or two forty. Yeah, is about right. And I remember thinking that was like a really cool car. Oh, that is, that is a cool car. Yeah. But again, there was no, you know, there was, I, I know this is a it's a very trite thing to say, but there was no internet. There mm -hmm. was no check on things the the only thing i knew was what i saw riding around my neighborhood on my bike mm. or is looking out the window mm. i'd see cars and i didn't really i didn't really connect a lot of things i didn't connect that oh a porsche is a german car or you know uh, okay. a japanese car it, it was very like my knowledge was extremely rudimentary so it's kind of like and, domestic cars or stuff from elsewhere other right around the world that kind of thing yeah, and and then again, even domestic cars, I wasn't nerding out on. Oh, this is that, you know, this mm. is that. Model. And I I just didn't have that frame. Uh, I didn't have that frame of reference. I wasn't tuned into it. I was, I was into playing ice hockey mm -hmm. and playing uh, soccer, football. Sure. Um, 
and riding my skateboard and riding my bike. Now, anything with wheels, I was really into it. And that's kind of what came up later on in life. And Porsche re-entered my consciousness. So, So if we fast forward from the 914 experience mm. in the, I had no car experiences really mm. other than just stuff that was forgettable and mm. I it did the impression on me then um I I met a, my best friend in in high school and um his name is Ben and he was he loved cars mm-hmm. like loved them and he so his his mom had a Renault Lacar I don't know if you remember yeah. those uh and his dad had a renault gordini oh nice okay right so so he had these cars and his dad would drive the crap out of them and and by the time ben got his license um that's around the time that i met him mm-hmm. and so we started you know started hanging out and he was he would just talk to me about cars and i was kind of like well, you just shut up about this like yeah, I don't care. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not know, like, i'm not playing hockey <laughs> why is this yeah why is this yeah okay but he was he's kind of a relentless character i don't know if you have friends like this just always mm-hmm. talking always kind of dominating the conversations mm-hmm. looking for a way to to tell people what you know and yeah. you know that so Little by little, he's talking about all these different cars, and I'm starting to get a little interest. Then a little more interested in it, and then he got a uh, a totally bondoed Carmen Ghia. Uh, okay, convert- it's a convertible, right? So, mm-hmm. and it, it was it was a piece of junk. But <laughs> okay, right, it, yeah, it was a sports car, right? Oh, so yeah, it's pretty like- much, yeah. Yeah, so so we would go tooling around and that, and he's driving it. it you know, basically, I'm surprised the wheels didn't come off because mm-hmm. he's just, like taking every corner, you know, like it's Le Mans and just yeah. like hitting just apexes tearing. and yeah, you name it. Yeah. <laughs> so he he and he drove every car that he ever had in that in that way, and I was always kind of like, this is kind of fun, but my friend is going to kill me. Mm. But at the same time, you know, like I'm thinking, thinking he could. Pretty much, we could die at any any moment, but it was yeah. exhilarating. It was fun. So he had the spirit and the interest, the knowledge, and he kind of pulled me into it slowly. So after high school, or oh, one more thing about cars. Mm. Another significant thing is his dad had a 1937 Buick Century. Okay. So this is kind of like the Elliott Ness car, like okay. where it's like running boards. It is total 30s. Yeah. All our 30s style, you know, like really interesting car. And we took that uh, to uh, when we 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 were on double dates at at our our high school dances. So the (laughs) the dance and then the spring dance. Yeah. So we took that car and you can imagine. So this is 1983, 1984 and 1937 right like that was a car from 1937 that was the dark ages you know like no one thought no those cars on the street yeah and uh so we we turned a lot of heads and and um i I was kind of impressed at what a car could do like what it could do for your profile everybody's Mm -hmm. like crazy and like just an interesting thing that i remember about that car was we used to have to park it on the hill Okay. Like when we went to pick up my date, 
we had to park out in front of her, her house so that we could bump start it. Uh, okay, right. He'd be, I, he'd be like, all right, let's go. And I, I'd be on the running board, almost like a massive skateboard. Yeah, and we're yeah. running down the street in Georgetown. And I, I grew up in Washington, D.C. Okay. So Georgetown's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a bougie, fancy neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We're just bombing down this hill, hoping that the car is going to start. Because we don't want to get to the bottom and ha- and then be stuck. No, of course not. No, no. And so, you know, that that experience always stuck in my mind. We always started the car and we had a great time. It had the it had a crazy in, the interior, it was like mohair or something like that. It's it had that it, you know how old cars have the smell. They got a smell. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it, gone off glue. Yeah, and, yeah. And the and the and lost dreams. That's what... yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was such a it was such a rich and almost sweet smell. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking wow, this is, I like these old cars. Mm. So, you know, again, time goes by. Ben and I, um, Ben and I went, Ben and I were on this, in the same German class. So we went to Germany in, um, in high school on an exchange program. Cool. And then when we went to, we went to separate um, universities. He was Mm. out in in Wisconsin and I was in Pennsylvania. And, um, we ended up meeting up my junior year, so my third year. Um, we were on the same exchange program over in uh, Freiburg in Breisgau. So it's right. the, it's this, uh, it's a big university in, in the south of France. Kind of, um, it's basically, they, they call it the three-corner land because it's Germany, France, and Switzerland. Okay. All right in right in the border area there, like Basel, if you ever mm-hmm. been to Basel. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. It's it's not too far from there. And so, you know, I, I was there studying German. We're, we're, you know, doing all the things you do when you're a student, which is basically drinking beer and traveling. So mm-hmm. we, we drank a lot of beer. We traveled a lot. We goofed around a lot, met a lot of people, a lot of fun. Um, we took a one, I was one weekend. We were like, Hey, let's, let's jump on the train and go somewhere. So we went to Stuttgart and, and my friend Ben was like, Oh yeah, let's go to the Porsche museum. Right. Now this is 1986. Mm-hmm. It's not Porsche. the big commercial event that you would see now, right? Then it would have been no, pretty no. tiny. Potatoes. Yeah. You know, I remember it being kind of like, it was like, arriving in almost an industrial building. It didn't look particularly nice. There wasn't any any kind of crazy branding on it. It wasn't new by any means. It, it looked old. Mm. And we go in there and knock on the door. And then, of course, on the on the uh, sign on the front said, closed. Right. And it was the holiday or whatever it was. And we're like, oh, man. So we're like peeking in, trying to... And it's like, what else is around here? So we walk around the back of the building. Again, 1986. No way. Yeah, you're not walking around the back there of the were, building. There were like security guards everywhere. Yeah. So we go and walk around the building and walk to the back area. It was a massive parking lot. Lo and behold, filled with 959s. Whoa. Okay. Out there parked in neat rows, you know, and... I, I actually have a picture, a couple pictures of him sitting in amongst the nine five. Oh, look, you're going to have to like. So when this episode goes live, if you're listening to this now on Spotify or any podcast streaming service, 
head over to Instagram and I'm going to ask Michael to see if he can dig out and take it, even if it's a scrappy phone image of that photo, because it'd be so cool to pick this all, put this all together and see it. So yeah, that'd be great. So it was, um, I, I don't really recall what the colors were, mm -hmm. like silver um, pops out in mind, mm. uh, that, that a lot of them were silver, but I don't really know because actually my, my memory of it has been polluted by the fact that my only images are in black and white because it was right. black and white. Of course it was, yeah. And uh, so I, I don't remember exactly what the colors were. But I, I, I was, again, I'm brushing up against this Porsche thing, and I'm like, mm. wow, that is a really cool car. Now, of course, it wasn't a million-dollar car back then. Yeah, yeah, of course. Being, you know, inflation, prices being way different. But it was, it was so far from the realm of possibility. Yeah. That really ever think, oh, wow, someday I'm going to get one of those. It was more like, wow, that's a really crazy car. It looks kind of like a you touched on this before and it's something that i've kind of um i think lightly mentioned so my background is not from you know not from a wealthy background at all in fact from a pretty disadvantaged background so and i've mentioned it on um a couple of podcasts i've guested on and i think i've probably mentioned it in one of the episodes early on but i'm definitely from a place where any porsche any porsche the brand i was aware of the brand as a child but it just seemed completely far-fetched so is that i mean it's not a comparative thing but did you have a sense because you just talked then about the fact that it it's just it wasn't on the it wasn't in the in the plan right to go and buy a port didn't seem realistic so um but you mentioned it right at the start that it you know didn't, again didn't come from a particularly wealthy background so is it does that did that set you up mentally to kind of um not project what the what success looked like or you know you just it's more about not survival that's probably a bit of a stretch but you know it's about you know making ends meet and you know living a normal life as opposed to having these wild ideas about driving ferraris or porsches or lamborghinis or you name it right yeah i mean any any of those things name a fancy car brand they were not anything i was shooting for mm -hmm. i wasn't school studying anything that would lead me to have enough money ever mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. get those um and I wasn't really interested in the amount of work and commitment you'd have to do in order to have that type of lifestyle. It just wasn't in my mind. Mm. What I was interested in was music. I, you know, after sports and ice hockey and that kind of dream faded, which for most people that happens, right? Yeah, Around so. 16 years old, which is what it was for me. Before I had to jump up in hockey before i had to jump up into the ranks of playing what they call junior mm -hmm. junior hockey which is high level um hockey that's what people play if they want to go to a, a division one college or want to play pro or anything like that so mm -hmm. kind of stopped put the brakes on with that and, and was like you know what i'm kind of like a sensitive artistic person mm -hmm. and these hockey players and soccer players are kind of knuckle draggers and like <laughs> i mean you know i have obviously had that in me because yeah. i play yeah right yeah. It, it's it's a part of my personality to be able to hang with that mm -hmm. i was like you know what i i kind of i kind of want more in uh, out of my my life and i mm. definitely am more turned on by music so i was right. like really the punk rock hardcore 
Like I was really, really into music. Like and you're in the was... right place. Washington's like the dream. Oh. Washington in the mid eighties. Yeah, no, oh, it was you, like... you know, germs and you know, like you had it all going on there. So yeah, it was, it was kind of a, it was, it was an ideal thing because once I decided I'm going to look into music, I was like, Oh, wow. Minor threat, the faith, mm. teen Idol, Boyd, like all these bands that were tiny little bands, but people knew them all around the world. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Mm. So I got into that and, you know, we'd go to shows and do all that kind of stuff. And I, it just, all that life was not the Porsche life, yeah, right? Yeah. Being Doing college radio at two o'clock in the morning, like <laughs> that, that commitment, like driving yeah. down all night to go see shows in Washington, D.C. We're up in Pennsylvania. My, my college is in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Like doing that with my friends, that wasn't the life of someone who was going to make a lot of money. Sure. That was someone who was going to basically be close to a vagabond. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But but loving the uh, the experience and the authenticity that it comes with, right, is oh. it's a part of the lifestyle. So you just accept it. Absolutely. And I, and I, and I loved it and I didn't, I, it it was what I wanted to do. And so Mm. throughout college, yeah, I studied German and I studied history and I was interested in this stuff, Mm. but neither of those things were going to be jobs that I was going to do. For sure. I I knew that my mom kind of knew that, Mm. but I was like, I don't want to be a translator. I don't want to be an international businessman. I I don't, I didn't want, I don't want to be a professor. Like I was full of, I don't want to. Sure. I want to. And so, but I still ended up having car experiences because my friend that I did college radio with, Dave, he, his brother gave him a first generation Civic hatchback. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we would, we would trundle down to, to Washington DC for these punk rock shows and, and in that car, and it was a piece of junk, but it was awesome. It was like a little four speed, probably mm-hmm. 60 horsepower, mm-hmm. five horsepower in, you know, two door. And um, so that, that was interesting. And I thought, this is a cool car. Mm. We look like a bunch of clowns stuffed into a clown car because I'm, I'm getting Wayne's of- World vibes now. You know that. <laughs> I know it's not an MC Pacer, but I'm getting still getting yeah, kind yeah. of like that Wayne's World thing. No. Yeah. Totally. I mean, that, that was kind of it. And we, we looked ridiculous. He's six foot four. I'm six foot three. Right. And we're both jammed in there, this little car driving down to these shows. Mm. But I, I, there was something about the Honda that was like, this is a cool car. So when I graduated from college and up until that point, I didn't have a car. Cause like I said, we didn't have money. Yeah, of course. Well, when I was in high school, um, my dad passed away uh, when I was just about 14 years old, my dad passed away. Mm. And um, he didn't leave much. He left a lot of debt for my mom. They weren't married, but he still left a lot of debt for my mom. And because their names were on credit cards. Okay. So it, it, it got kind of complicated, right? Yeah, sure. And, um, but he had uh, insurance. And so he had insurance money. So life insurance. He had had mm. the force, um, you know, life insurance. Okay. And, uh, and so that money ended up being put away from me by my mom. And so when I graduated from college, I'm, we, we went out to dinner to celebrate and she handed me a brochure and it was for a 1988 Honda Civic two-door 
Amazing. Force. Yeah, it was just like the you know the, the lowest the lowest. It doesn't matter of, though. It doesn't matter though. Like a DX or anything, but it was yeah. like it was like it was cool, and I was like, "Holy shit! This is this is my you know this is my first car." Mm. And um, so I you know I started off in a Honda and. This is really long-winded. I hope I'm not... No, 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 I'm loving it. It's such a good story. One of the things that I've always wanted to do with this podcast is to tell people stories and not, you know... they Sometimes they'll run short and they're quite condensed. Other times they run longer. And I can see, because I'm a cheapskate, so I haven't paid for the full Zoom. <laughs> so at 45 minutes, we'll need to stop and re-record this bit, but it's fine. Okay. Um, at some point, I'll, I'll pay for the proper package, but... Yeah, when they're when they're natural like this and and it's flowing, I don't ever want to stop somebody because I'm finding it fascinating. So I'm I'm you know reach out and let me know if you've really enjoyed this episode because I certainly have anyway. So um, please carry on, Michael. I will give you a shout okay. when it's forty five minutes and we'll have to do a little swipsy. But yeah, it's good. So right, so, so this is nineteen eighty eight, and um and I'm like I I graduate from college and I find myself in the situation that many, 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 many people have found themselves in before. They're living at home mm. and their mom or their dad or their family's driving them nuts, right? So mm. I'm living at home and I'm scrambling to make money to save some money so yeah. I can get out of Dodge. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I, I just want to move. I want to go somewhere. I know I don't want to be in Washington, D.C. I'm kind of tired of the East Coast mm. and I'm like, I gotta go somewhere. Well, I, I had a girlfriend from from uh, college, and um, she went to the University of Chicago. Okay. And she got into their graduate um, in their graduate school and um, studied art history. Mm -hmm. So she got in. So that she started in the fall of '88, and I'm I'm in Washington D.C. trying to just save as much money as I can, work really hard. And going to a lot of shows and doing all the things I do with music and just having a lot of fun. And and she's like, well, why don't you come out here? Okay. And I'm to Chicago? I never thought about Chicago. That's how, you know, like blindered my experience was, is that, mm. you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't have aspirations. You know, I already That's felt true. like I, like I hit the jackpot by being able to go and live in Europe for a year. Yeah, right. And definitely. Right. So I already thought like, wow, I've done I've done it all, you know, in my naive mind. <laughs> I thought I've done so much, you know, like yeah. I hadn't really done anything. But, you know, at that point, I thought I did. And um, so I'm like, yeah, why not? I don't have anything else to do. I kind of want to get out of here. So I saved my money. And I in January of 89, I packed up all of my stuff in my Civic. And when I say all of my stuff, the Civic was not full. It was like a couple boxes on the back seat <laughs> and like a duffel bag. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. And about a thousand cassettes. Cause that was the cassette. That was the important thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. I had my music and there was a the and there was a a, a uh there there was a cassette player in the Honda. And I'm like, ah, oh, cool, man. I'm I got it made. I'm Sources. living large. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everything's good. So yeah, I've got a reliable car. So mm -hmm. I, I, um, I, I drive out to Chicago and huge blizzard. And I, and I, I get, it, it's like dumping snow, it's freezing cold. And I'm like, why now? Why did I do this? So I get there and I'm, you know, like loading my stuff in and my, my girlfriend was kind of acting a little bit weird. 
And I'm like, okay, uh, this is just probably getting used to me being here or whatever. She was living with roommates. And so like after like day two, she's like, uh, when are you going to get a job and move out? And, I, and I'm, thinking okay. to my, I'm thinking to myself, you just asked me to come out to Chicago. It's been like two days. Yeah. How can I get a job? I don't like, I have no prospects. Mm -hmm. And so she started like, just like giving me the hardest time. So finally I was like, all right, whatever. So I'm out walking around looking at like pizza places, Benetton, like anything that was, I don't know if you remember Benetton. But yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 And, and so I, you know, first got a job at an Italian restaurant and I got a job as a waiter, hated it. I was like, I don't want to do this. Got a mm -hmm. job at Benetton and I, I hated that even more. And then finally I was like, you know what, maybe I should do something in teaching. Long story short, I found a job working in what we call nonprofit. I don't know what you'd call it over there. Yeah. Nonprofit, not for profit. They're both the same, but yeah. And I, I worked as a, I worked as a teacher. So I worked with, um, I basically worked with poor people, like very poor people, people who had been in the system in jail and, mm -hmm. and come out and people who were on welfare, the dole, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and just a lot of, you know, interesting people, but they, they were definitely people that did, they were the have nots. Mm -hmm. So my, again, my mind, not on cars at all. Mm -hmm. I had this Honda, I was set. I didn't need to worth think about. I didn't read anything about cars didn't know anything about cars and my friend my, my friend Ben was the only connection I had so he would get a you know he'd buy a secondhand um GTI convertible or whatever yeah. and and I'd be like oh this is really fun then he'd scare the scare me to death like take me out and like wheel spinning and sliding and all this stuff and I'm like that is kind of cool but I, I'm still not really that into cars mm. Anyway, you, what happened was I worked and worked and worked as a teacher, worked all over the city um, and ended up my my last really big job was I worked at the Cook County Jail, oh, wow. which is the largest jail in the country. And so it's a pre-trial place. And again, at that point, I, I, I had I still had the Civic and it was it was tired. Mm. I'd be crap out of that car you know you know how like my my perspective was i didn't even think about it the only thing i ever thought about was maybe i should get the oil changed right, right? so yeah and i didn't think it myself so my relationship with cars is still very very utilitarian mm. very and so i had this job at the cook county jail and right about that time i started to earn a little bit more money okay and i was like you know what, this car is getting old. Maybe I should start looking at looking into cars. And I, I wandered onto this lot and there was a white GTI. Mm -hmm. Now this is a Mark III GTI. Yeah. Hated. It's a hated car. People are like, they called it the two point slow. Yeah, and, yeah, heard all that stuff, yeah. Right, it, but it had a golf ball shifter and it had really right. cool cloth interior. And I was like, again, you know, kind of in that naivete, man, I've made it. Look at this car. It's so cool. Yeah, it's yeah. a book. <laughs> and so then that, that was the spark. Okay. That was, that was the beginning. I'm like, wow, I kind of like cars. Mm -hmm. I really like, 
wheels. So around that time, I bought a 1967 Vespa GT. Okay, cool. It didn't run. It was a total piece of crap. It had, you know, of course, one cylinder, yeah, one carburetor, and um, I I started wrenching on it. I was like, uh, how, what do you do? Like, it won't start. Ah, the carburetor. Mm. Oh, and there was the internet, so I'd be like, oh, I can get a rebuild kit. Right. So I re carburetor, put a new spark plug in, put in, put a new wire in, and I was like. And then it, and then I kicked, I, I kickstarted because it didn't have an ignition, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh wow, I just brought this thing back to life." That's cool. And I was like, "Oh, the suspension is terrible." So I got some some new um, dampers for it, and put the dampers on. And then like it had a blowout, and I and I, I replaced the wheels and put new tires on it. Yeah. Put new cables on it. Put a new um, shifter clutch uh, shifter clutch cable. Mm -hmm. and started doing all those things and i was like wow i like this okay and so the gti then was replaced by a vr6 gtr wow, GTI. Okay. that's a jump mark four leather interior again man i was just like cd player holy you know like i crazy the new so, world but, the new world yeah. at this point right right yeah. and a six speed yeah so i was like Man, this is this is really cool. This car thing. After that, I got a nineteen um, a nineteen ninety two Corrado SLC, mm. also with a VR six engine in it. And um, I was kind of stepping up the ladder at that point. I was starting to look at other cars and be mm. like, "Oh, wow, that that's cool. That's kind of fast. That's within my budget." Yeah. So so that that Corrado was eight thousand dollars and at that point it was it was a uh 12 years old okay right. so okay. yeah and and carados never were popular at least not here and so when i saw the listing for it i don't know where i probably on vw vortex i don't know if you're familiar with that yeah that, yeah that yeah, yeah i think i think i had a carado and that's on vortex from the oh really yeah yeah seriously yeah yeah, yeah so so that um so that was listed and it was out in California. It was out in uh, Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. I'm in Chicago. That's 2,200 miles away. So I was like, well, you know, I could be smart and look around here for one of these. But I, I've heard, now this is, again, my naivete, mm. that California cars were good. Okay. The California cars were good because of the obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. And um and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to this person. Turns out that the car was in, it was a one owner Corrado. So it was, you know, it, it had spent a lot of time within this family mm. in Santa, Santa Barbara, kind of getting bounced around between people. And um, I flew out there. I looked at it. I wasn't really super knowledgeable about it, but I was like, well, it starts. It sounds good. Mm -hmm. It's not rattling. Everything feels pretty good. Yeah. And I was I'm going to drive it home. So I, I, I got in the car and probably in the early afternoon and the woman's like, well, you know, you, you can stay at a hotel here, whatever there's some, I have, I, you know, I have some recommendations for, it. I was like, no, I'm driving back. So I went out, you know, like, and just hammering, you know, like I hammered it out of there. And I, I was like in the mountains before I knew it. And I was like, wow, this is 
this is really so cool. cool. And um, I remember picking up, going going to a truck stop because I knew I was going to be driving for say like sixteen hours, and I was yeah, going to take a, yeah. another sixteen and and basically do the whole trip. And um, and I remember that they had cassettes. So this car had back to cassettes and I hadn't brought anything out with me. And so I, I was like, well, I don't have a lot of extra money, mm -hmm. but there's Bruce Springsteen East street band, the wild, the innocent and the East street shuffle cassette. And I'm like, Haven't they? Okay, where? Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. So that was my only cassette. This would be maddening to anybody else. That was my only cassette. I popped it in. I think I listened to that thing 16 times, right. you know, times on the way. Like I just was on repeat. I, I had a couple check engine lights on, you know, like when I was in the Rockies. Yeah. And it scared me because I didn't have a OB. And you don't want to be breaking down like that, right? It's not going to be. No, scary. no, absolutely not. Plus there was no, I, I had no tags on it. Right. So I'm, I'm with like a piece of paper in the window in yeah. transit. Yeah. So I was kind of. <laughs> kind of worried about that so i'm like hauling through the mountains and like i'm getting these lights and i keep pulling over like hmm, i wonder what's going on i have no idea nothing looked bad nothing smelled bad nothing was mm -hmm. burning i didn't see any oil mm -hmm. and i was like in my rudimentary knowledge mm -hmm. i didn't see any you know any problems so i'm just like oh, i'll just keep going mm -hmm. and um i made it to i made it to nebraska and um i got pulled over for speeding uh, okay okay <laughs> i was gonna feel like, sorry for you that but i'm gonna feel sorry for you for that but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh and i i don't know how fast i was going i wasn't going crazy fast mm. i was probably going it was probably a 65 or a 70 uh, mile per hour zone i was probably going like 85 okay it wasn't it Not wasn't crazy, crazy. i pulled me over and thought oh this guy's carrying drugs or something but, you know, who would do that with no license plate? But anyway, yeah. he was very suspicious of me. He was like, where are you going? Why are you in such a hurry? Um, you know, and he basically made me sit on the side of the road for an hour or an hour and a half. Oh, we did that long a drive. That's not what you want either. Yeah. And so I was already like, oh, man, I'm almost to, to where I'm going to stop for the night or stop for the early morning because my, my wife... Um, at that point, I was married, but not to the girlfriend who I moved out of Chicago for. This is sure. obviously on down the road, so yeah. to speak. And, um, but, you know, anyway, I, I, I didn't, I, I think he gave me, I, he gave me a ticket. I'm trying to think, did I get a warning or did I get a ticket? I got a ticket. And, um, yeah, then I rolled on. Everything was good. No breakdowns, nothing. Mm. Got to my, my wife's family's house. Slept for like two hours. And then I was like, I got to get home. Wow. So and then I hopped in for another eight hours and, and completed the trip. And um, it, and it, it was amazing. So I was like, wow, this is the this is the love affair with cars. This is how it starts. You know, okay. I was thinking I didn't really like that. But I was like, I was on that track. I was like, this is why people love cars, because cars bring you adventures. Yeah. Let's stop there because we need to just dive off. And that's a perfect point to just uh rejoin the call and as soon as we rejoin the call we can carry on so hey if i hope you're really enjoying this episode and if you are enjoying this episode i have a very small request to make 
Um, I'm really trying to grow the YouTube channel at the moment. And um, whilst it's always nice when people naturally gravitate towards it and subscribe and like and share, um, I'm going to actually ask you if you're enjoying this episode and you've enjoyed the Engineering podcast so far to head over to YouTube and subscribe. And uh, yeah, let me know what you think of any of those episodes and if there's anything you'd like to see in the future. But for now, I'll head back to the episode, but just that small request. Thanks. Take care. I think you're right. So I think it's the forged in fire stuff. It's the experiences you go through, the kind of slightly borderline traumatic, you know, your heart's beating a little bit faster. And But it's those moments that that you kind of they're the things that are burned and etched into your memory right it's, it's not the kind of the day-to-day stuff it's the i'm going to drive 16 hours in one hit or i'm going to right. have an untrusted car that i know nothing about and i'm going to go for it you know so good for you yeah yeah so that so that was interesting too because at that point you know i had gotten interested in cars simultaneously mm. um the whole vespa gt thing then moved into um, a uh, Honda CB550. Okay. Which then moved into a BMW um, R1100S, which then moved on to a Triumph and on and on down the road. So here, here I have this interest in cars, mm. and now I also have a, an interest at the same time um, in motorcycles. Mm. Really, I'm really into it, and I had um, when I when I worked at the jail I, my, I had a very close friend there Chris who all, was a teacher like I was mm. and he and I would 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 wrench on our bikes together and learn together and I'd help him do stuff like to help him you know say rebuild the top end of his his airhead you know and stuff like that you know and then I had another friend Juan and Juan would Juan had a, a CB750 mm-hmm. and we work on that he took the engine out and did all that and this is all kind of new stuff for me but the chipping away learning Mm -hmm. and trying to understand what this all this stuff was about and and motorcycles lead like it's almost instantly you start having crazy experiences because (laughs) on a you're on two wheels going very fast yeah and you're exposed to the world and um you know, you're wearing kind of slightly strange riding gear. At least we were. We always like wore leathers or, mm. you know, we, we we embraced the whole motorcycle thing. We loved it. That's cool. And so I had a lot of great experiences on crazy road trips in, in the South. Like we would drive from Chicago down to Memphis and um, we, we drove all the way down to Florida on our bikes through North Carolina. We did... We did the tail of the dragon. We did all these kind Very of cool. on on motorcycles, and that's at the same time that you know I'm starting to look at other cars too, mm. right? So the Corrado was a was the, the the probably the point where I was like, you know what, I'm going to step up even a little bit more, okay. and what that meant for me was, hmm, I really like these. Um, these Subarus, these STIs, the WRX STI. Yeah, and yeah. this was the first generation at that point was 04 was the beginning mm-hmm. of the first in the States. Of course, you, uh, you had classics and, and bug eyes and things like that up until that point. Yeah, you all that. And we had, we had the, 
we had the WRX mm. in 2002. Right. But 2004, like I, and when that came out, I was like driving in my, my, uh, my 2.0 GTI. And then I was starting to realize, you know, this is a really slow car. Yeah. And I, more exciting. Yeah. Maybe a, you know, <laughs> God forbid. And, um, and so I had the Corrado and I was like, uh, again, that was an $8,000 car. So I felt like I was like way overextended buying yeah. an eight dollar car. I thought it was, you know, and I also had the, 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 the black, uh, VR six GTI at that mm -hmm. point. Um, so I had two VWs. I was like, man, this is like, what is my life become? I'm like, <laughs> I'm, this is extravagance, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. And, and then I, and then I got this, uh, I, I bought a 2005 STI from this guy out of the suburbs here in Chicago. So that was 2007. So it was a two year old car. And I, I remember going to buy that car and literally I was shaking. I like I, I, I was so overwrought about it because I was like, this car's going to kill me. This car has 300 horsepower. Mm -hmm. you know, like all my car, like the, what the, the, the last GTI I had, had probably 215, 210. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't modified. I hadn't really got into modifying cars yet because I didn't have that extra money. Hmm not modify the Corrado. So it stayed whatever it was, however many horsepower it was probably around 200, that maybe nice. a little. Yeah. And, um, so I got this STI, I sold the Corrado like an idiot. I sold it for $8,000 to this, this young kid. I'm sure he destroyed it. Yeah, probably. It, he was 18. And oh, like, wow. they, they, that was a cool car for an 18 year old. Yeah. Really cool car. Yeah, and, yeah. And so, so off went the Corrado, motorcycles are still there, mm -hmm. and now I've stepped up into an STI. And, you know, it has the big wing, and so many people hated me. You know, like, okay. I'm just driving around, people are like, you know, like, I could just feel the animosity. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. looking at me like, who is this tool in this car with this ridiculous wing? Yeah. And it's loud and, and all that stuff, and... And, um, but I loved it. I was like, this is really, I've made it, you know, like, mm. this is really cool. And, but it didn't stop there, you know? And then I was buying the next generation okay. of ST. And I was like, I really want a hatchback. And that was the last generation they did hatchbacks. Okay. So I got a 2012 mm -hmm. white. It was a pearl, pearlescent white. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that was really cool. But, you know, I wasn't satisfied. I was like, eh, I don't know. I, I want something else. I want something cooler. And, um, and you know, that's a terrible place to be in because that was actually a really nice car. And I bought yeah. it new. Yeah. First new car I bought. And, uh, and I was like, uh, I should be satisfied. I should be satisfied, but I am not. Right. This car, like, it felt real baggy. Was it, was it, it felt, soul? Was it lacking? Because one thing that Porsche it, gives you, it, I find that there's it something. Lacked. It feels like there's. It's more than the sum of its parts. And I always find. I mean, I've had some Japanese cars. Uh, they've been great. They've been amazing. But there's something that doesn't. It's just. It's almost like there's someone waves a magic wand as a Porsche drives out of the factory, and it fit there. There's a feeling that you get when you're in it and when you're around them. It's hard to replicate with any other vehicle. So. 
It, it, it totally is. And the first generation STI that I had had so much character. Right. As a matter right. of, I, like my wife did not want to drive in that car with me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I had friends who were scared of it. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I took my friend Chris off, the guy that I worked with at the Cook County Jail and yeah. we did motorcycle stuff together. And I, I, I like, I remember, clearly remember pulling on to, um, I, I forget what street it was now, but it was, a, it was a big boulevard in Chicago near his house. Mm. And I pinned it and, and the whole rear of the car, it, we just did this like power slide and then it, it, it hooked up, which is, those cars are amazing for that. Yeah, like yeah. you're, you're going to loop it, but you're not. Mm -hmm. And it just, it took off and he's like, man, you're, this car is scary. I don't want to, <laughs> like I scared him. <laughs> right. And, uh, so, so that car had tons of soul. It mm. was very, it was a very cool car. The second generation, no. Okay. They took the soul out of it. Like, I don't mm. know what happened, but it wasn't as cool. So I'm searching around. I'm like, hmm, Porsche. Okay. I like, I like Porsches a lot. And I was like, well, I can't afford a new one ever. I, I'll never be able to afford a new one. Yeah. But these 993s are surprisingly affordable. It was like affordable, right? Affordable. Yeah, like yeah it's still expensive, but. thousand yeah. bucks, which again, is not like, now you think about it, it's like, that's not a lot. But it was like 30,000 bucks and I didn't have that money. But I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to make this happen. So mm -hmm. boom, there goes the STI, sold it, which that was almost $30,000. So I almost was there. And then my wife's like, well, yeah, if you really want this Porsche, I don't know why you're buying another car. You just bought a car. And I was like, but you don't understand. And she's like, no, I understand. You know, more like you got a problem. Yeah, I understand you need to sort your life out, mate. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, at, at that point, I was so gung-ho about wheels, just engines, wheels, just cars, the whole yeah. thing. Loved it. And... um so I, I found a 993, it was a C4S, so it's the wide body, mm -hmm. and it was in suburban Detroit, and it was 30 some odd thousand dollars. It wasn't very expensive. It had 94,000 miles on it. Okay. And so the guy couldn't ask a lot of money, mm -hmm. and, they were, and those were also kind of at the bottom of their depreciation curve, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And, um, so... You know, I got it for a, a pretty good price, actually. And so now I had a Porsche. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. Mm. That's when I decided in, in my naivete and my brilliance uh, to start. That would be the car that I would completely take apart. Okay. And this is not a smart thing to do. Because you know Porsche parts. They are not cheap. No. And, and... I, I don't know what got into me, but I'm like, I'm going to strip the interior. I'm going to go down, take all the glue out of it. I'm going to put, um, I'm going to put like, I, I'm going to put a roll cage in it, do all this stuff. Right. And so I, en I ended up doing all that mostly myself. I needed some help with some welding. Mm -hmm. um, I, I converted it from uh, four wheel drive. I took out the, the front drive shafts. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and got that, box well the um the the box that contains the um that's the steering box where not sorry sorry not steering the the shifter the yeah. shifter box you have to do this modification when you take that front prop rod out 
yeah you you have to you have to kind of shore things up because it 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 weakens that part of the car so i had someone help me with that and they welded it and uh that was actually kind of expensive but um now now i had a c2s right really cool c2s wide body what color was it that car what color is that car black basil black black yeah yeah you know, it was one of these colors that that I think never looked good. Okay. You know, I'm I'm not a detailer. I don't go into uh, okay. at all, and I can never quite get it to look right. Sure. And um, but it looked nice. I mean, everybody, people were impressed by it, and mm. I was like, "Oh, it's just a car." It was like, "You got a Porsche, dude," and I'm like, "Yeah, I, I guess." And uh, and so I really loved that car. And so I did it, like I said, I've done I, a ton of things to it. I did, um, I put coilovers on it. I did a bunch of suspension work on it, did it myself. Yeah, and cool. learned the hard way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a, one of these Ben Pack lifts. It's kind of a scissor lift that goes up like that. Yeah. So doing everything on it. It wasn't a rickety lift. It was actually really good. But it encouraged me because I could get the car way up off the ground. Mm. And then I access to everything oil lines ac everything and um i was like wow you can take a car apart and you just have to remember how to put it back together mm-hmm. so you know i took the whole interior part eliminate eliminated um i eliminated the glove box these are the stupid things you do when you're when you're learning um I, so that basically the the uh dashboard looked like an old 911 yeah yeah so, and there wasn't anything hanging down below like i took the uh there are like these knee pads in there they run along the bottom of the dash so you don't destroy your accident took that out um took out the center console Mm -hmm. so you can this is like yeah you're basically backdating a 903 yeah well backdating it but i didn't really understand that concept yet yeah 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 realize that people are looking at me like what a poser he's taking this beautiful car and destroying it i was i was like well i got this chance to learn Mm. i'm gonna learn and i'm gonna learn and i'm gonna sometimes go to go to sleep and i'm gonna be crying because i screwed something up yeah which i did many times i got in way over my head sometimes and i was just like the exhaust's off the manifold's off everything's off and i'm like Oh my God, what do, what do I do? I'm looking at this and I'm like, I'm an idiot. I've destroyed mm-hmm. my car. So I went through that a lot, learn what that's like, that experience of panic, then heartache, mm. then self-loathing, you know, like all this stuff, like what the is that? The car guy goes through, right? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of self-loathing. Yeah. Actually buying parts and how expensive they were and, mm. and all that stuff. So uh, but I, I learned a ton uh, on that car, and that was my that was my biggest experience in terms of getting something, diving in, mm-hmm. and sorting it out as I went. And um, and then the the uh, strange twists and turns that happened around 2017, uh, 2018. So I'd had the car now for six years, mm-hmm. done tons of stuff to it, put. 45,000 miles on. I went out to cool. California times. I went to the East Coast. I went to Florida. Um, I drove the, the crap out of that car. Yeah, and yeah. Um, 
loved it. It was such an experience. I had all kinds of crazy seats in it. I had those uh those alien head nine nine six seats. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I, I hated those seats. Um for me, because I'm like I'm six three, right? So it's like they don't like my size, I have the I have the build of a hockey player. I still play hockey. So mm-hmm. I've got the hockey player butt and the hockey player legs. And I'm trying to squeeze in that thing. And that was like when I got those seats, I was like, oh, this is so cool. I have a race car now, you know. And you know, and I good, was right? yeah. like, I'm gonna drive it down to Florida. And um and then you lose off. the sensation in the bottom half of your body and you've got no Oh, no it was condition. absolutely terrible. And yeah. and the nine three. You're, you're tilted towards the uh, transmission tunnel. Of course. So you're, like, so you're getting like so, spinal issues and... and... Yeah. <laughs> and then, to, all right, so again, my, my idiocy, it, it's, it's kind of entertaining to me now. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? My, my hockey team is playing a tournament in, in Nashville, Tennessee. That's about a 10-hour drive. I'm going to take the, the 911, um, mm-hmm. and I had a roof rack... And I put my gear up on the roof rack and my sticks up there. I'm going to drive that down to Nashville. And then because I'm so close, I'm going to go visit my friend in North Carolina. Then I'm going to go down to Florida, go to Tampa. Wow. That's all in those seats that were brand new to me. And, um, oh my God, by the time I got uh, maybe about eight hours from Tampa, I, I, I was wincing kind of mm-hmm. crying a little bit you know because i was in, <laughs> i was in such pain and I, I i got to tampa and i like peeled myself out of the car yeah like i'm never gonna do that again oh, wait a minute oh, wait, I have you to got that journey home yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know that that was a that was a crazy thing and then when i got back from that trip something clicked in my mind i was like you know what i'm i'm kind of like I'm not feeling Porsches the way I was before. Like I, the the people that like Porsches, I I don't seem to get along with them. I don't know why. I'm just, we're not, this is very judgmental of me to say. And I, and I, and I, I know I'm wrong in saying it. Mm -hmm. I I realize it, but I feel, I felt like, I don't feel this way anymore, but I I felt like they just weren't my people. Uh, You know, the, sure interesting thing because now i i I, i'm older and you know a little bit wiser Mm. and i understand where i fit in and Mm. whatever ever feel like i fit in like i just didn't i drove that i drove my 911 i drove my 993 all year around i had two sets of tires i put my um my my blizzax on there in 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 the winter and i was like drifting around oh and just always driving it and everybody is looking at me like man you're ruining a car you're ruining your car and like Mm. oh what'd you do to the interior what's this tartan interior that you put into it because i put in a yeah this is all cool stuff i mean it's it's so funny how things change because i think that there's i mean i'm still in that kind of everything's precious to me stage you know i haven't got to that point where you are now where you were where you kind of just like i'm just going to drive the hell out of this thing you know, and and I and I and I see more of that in in the culture now. There's more of this kind of embracing the, you know, the do what you like to it, drive it wherever you like. You know, it's a car, it's four wheels and some tin. You know, don't worry about it; it's all good. Right. But yeah, there, there's a guy on Renlist 
uh, I can't remember his screen name, uh, but he said, yeah, he, he said to me uh, through, we were just talking about um, something about driving my GT3 or what my new GT3 to me. Mm. Um, and he was like, well, you know, you're going to be dead a lot longer than you're going to be alive. And yeah, he was just kind of, he was kind of busting my balls a little mm. bit, but he was, he was saying like what I, oh, what I need to hear sometimes. It's like, yeah. you only got a limited number of days if you look at it that way. Yeah. You, you got to use what you have and embrace it. So mm -hmm. um, back to the 993, 2017, 2018, I was like, yeah, I, I want to do something different. I'm, I'm sick of this. I don't, I don't like, I'm not finding my people. And I just mm -hmm. felt kind of alienated from it a little bit. Yeah, sure. Cause I had been through so many changes with the car. Like I had like, I, I, I was basically contemplating a top end rebuild myself right, dropping. Right. That's wow. where I, and then I was like, this is lunacy. I got to put the brakes on this and I got to, I got to do something different. So what does my dumb ass do? I bought a Ford Focus RS. <laughs> That's a serious departure from a 993. Oh. Tell me about it. It was so silly. And then I, I got that. And then they had all those, um, they, they had problems with the, the gasket on the head mm. leaking. Mm. And this was like a, at that point, so, I, so the car that I bought was two years old. Mm. It's 2016. Um, I bought it in 2018. And so it had all these problems and I'm like, I mean, I've, I like. You just came out of a 911 for this. Yeah, I know. I came out of a 911 for this, and now I'm like, this damn thing, this yeah. Ford, yeah. is gonna throw me over. Like they, you know, like, and and then they stopped making it. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is this is great. I got to get rid of this. Mm -hmm. So I, I got rid of that and realized the error of my ways. Mm -hmm. I thought I realized the error of my ways, and I'm like, ah, I got to get another Porsche. Perfect. Cayman R. I found a, Such I, I found a R for, a, it wasn't a deal, $50,000. It was not a deal at all. As a mm. matter of fact, I paid a lot. Um, I bought it from a guy in Florida. Mm -hmm. Again, down there, was in love with the car, which is what you shouldn't be when you try to buy and negotiate a car. Because, you know, I'm basically sitting on my hands. I can't, like, yeah, I really love to, yeah. this car. Okay, this is the price. And by the way, you're in And you've come from such a long way. Yeah, there's no, what are you going to do, go home? <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm not like, I'm not flying there on my private jet or anything. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. Like, I'm like, all right, well, I, I guess I'm buying it for the price that you're asking. And mm -hmm. I don't really have any leeway here. So I bought that car, drove it home and loved it. And it was, it was such a cool car. If you've heard any of the previous episodes, I think I've mentioned the Cayman R about 50 times now. It's really up there for me in those kind of slightly underappreciated, you know, amongst all the special stuff that Porsche have done. The Cayman R is one of those things that people just wander past because it hasn't got the big headline figures of power. And, and, but oh, it's it, again, it's they're like, oh, it's thing. a boxer with a roof. Exactly. So, so I, I end up with the, the Cayman R. The uh, RS is now sold, and um, I'm like, that's really cool. And then I started to realize, oh, shit, I'm not driving this in the winter. Mm. 
then comes like, oh, I've, now I've got to buy another car because I bought this car yeah. in order to have a winter car. And by the way, I have a garage with one parking spot. Okay. Right. So There's no going to live outside. It's, you're going to have to get a Jeep or something. something. Live outside. Something's got to break, you know, yeah. something, something's got to give. Yeah. Right. And so I, you know, I, I, I ended up basically being in, in kind of a tough spot. I love the Cayman R, but I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to buy a 2015 STI. Mm -hmm. So that I, again, my brain is seriously it's jumping it's all over the place. Yeah. But yeah. I'm familiar territory, but I'm all over the place. Yeah. So I, I, I did that. I kept the Cayman. Um, I, I found a parking spot for it that I paid for uh, right down the block for me, which was fortunate. And um, and then I had these two cars. And, and you know, I don't like, again, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. So mm. having two cars always stressed me out. I'm like, mm. well, and I got this motorcycle. I had a bunch of triumphs mm. and I had a speed triple, which I loved. Mm. And um, so I had all these vehicles and I, I didn't make a lot of money. My mm. wife does way better than me. Um, so we were able to afford it. I wasn't making us broke or anything, mm -hmm. but so then I was like, all right, you know, the, the inevitable thing happens. And that inevitable thing is I sold the Cayman R. I mean, if you can't, I mean, you're right, watching right, this and you're listening I to it, it, I was shaking my head then because they're just, yeah. If I know you hit the right peak, but, I we know there's a peak's coming, but yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm almost to the end of the story, so I don't, I don't want to wear you out with, with all this, this talk, but right before I sold it, I'm going to run an errand in the morning before work, and someone in a work van rear-ends me. No. Oh, no. So you know what that does to the value of the car. Yeah, that's it. It's told. So I basically took a bath on that car. Oh, mate. Um. And it, that, that was kind of sad. But after that happened, I was like, God, what am I doing? You know, again, all yeah. this self-loathing, soul-searching. <laughs> it all starts again. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, it all starts again. <laughs> and here I am on this hamster wheel, mm. just spinning, spinning, spinning. Mm. And um, so then I was left with the, the 2015 STI, bright red with the big wing on the back, the whole thing, I'm back in that land where everybody hates me, everybody wants to race me, mm -hmm. everybody thinks it's cute to be two inches off my rear bumper when I'm mm -hmm. driving sanely. Yeah. And that, that whole thing, and I'm like, all right, I, I, maybe I've learned, am I getting smarter? It doesn't feel like I'm getting smarter. It feels like I'm, I'm, I'm just getting, I'm, I'm getting more and more ridiculous. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm saying? So, so the, what kind of brings us up to, almost today is um i was like you know what the, the cayman was a cool car mm. uh i was stupid to sell it but i can't afford the cayman r now because mm. i made myself broke by by buying one get it and is someone rear-ending me and mm. selling it for less money i can't do that they can't mm. buy another and then they were upwards of sixty thousand dollars at that yeah. point yeah. and i was like i already had that car too you know how it is sometimes if you had a car yeah, it's difficult to repeat it. And then you, and I did this with a, um, I had a Mark 1 MR2, a 2, and I totaled the first one and tried to buy another to replace the, and it was never the same. I never yeah. recaptured those feelings. 
And then I did the same thing with an Accord Honda Accord Type R, which I don't think anyone else gets in the world. I think you get a Euro R in different parts of the world. Um, and I did the same with that. I had the first one, Pirates Black. It was beautiful. Sold it. Tried to repeat the same thing again. The other one wasn't the same. So you're probably doing the right thing to try and go and get another, you know, Cayman R and like capture the magic you had with the first one. It's difficult to do yeah. that. Yeah, capture the magic at more money. At more money. The yeah. deficit in between what I sold it for and what yeah. they now cost because of the market yeah. was was bigger. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, I, I had the STI and, and, and I'm like, all right, boom, I'm going to sell that. Actually did really well because of that, I really modified. Mm. And um, there was a guy uh, from the East Coast, from Georgia, who was like, man, your car is the exact spec that I want. Oh, wow, that's cool. Like, about 400 wheel horsepower wow. and you know, i had done I, I put in a different turbo i'd done, just mm, done a bunch of stuff like different injectors and uh different fuel pump i went through all that stuff yeah you know? sure from from the uh intake all the way to the exhaust and everything in between i messed with it yeah so um this guy buys it i, I didn't get really all my money back but i did okay mm -hmm. i did okay. I, I didn't get fleeced but I, 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 I had money then, so I bought a Cayman S, a 2011 mm -hmm. white, uh, 987.2, um, and um, I was like, yeah, yeah, these Caymans are, these these Caymans are under. Yeah, we'll put some and, pictures on uh, on the Instagram page as well. So have a look at those pictures because it's. Uh, one thing and i try not to read too much into people's stuff as i said to you when we chat before um try to not have too much information on my head because i want this conversation to be natural but i did look at the pictures of that um cayman s and it's in such nice condition yeah it's really beautiful that thing yeah and 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 at this point my wife who had been really it, she's far more understanding than i deserve really mm. because you, you like you can sense I'm manic, you know, like with, yeah. you know, uh, like I, I feel like I'm crashing in slow motion, you know, like <laughs> I always feel like I'm, I'm headed for a bad yeah. thing watching it, but she's like, still like, are oh, you still within a certain bounds? You're not, yeah. Yeah. There's a buffer on the side. You're okay. For the moment. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm still okay. But she's, you know, at this point I got the Cayman. She's like, okay, this is where the madness ends. Mm. You're not, selling that car yeah As a matter of fact i think i want to put my name on the title nice that's a good way of finding right. it so she you know brought brought me to my senses and I, i'm okay i'm okay for a little while i'm mm. loving the cayman i'm like and here's another insane car person thing i'm not going to modify it yeah well that's just not going to happen is it come on you, you've like i don't know if you've had that conversation i've had that conversation with my friends and they're all like yeah you are an idiot what i'm gonna record you saying this oh totally and yeah it's a lot i'm, I'm the like, laughing stock of my friendship group where everybody just i say that this time i'm not gonna touch the car and everybody yawns and then just starts throwing abuse at me because <laughs> the, i think i last normally two weeks and then i'm like well i might just change a couple of small right. things and then the whole thing starts again right. you start reading you start watching youtube videos yeah. all of a sudden your mind is is uh, awakened to the mm. possibilities mm. all the things you're missing by not whatever mm. xyz so um i did manage to not touch it 
for a while. Mm -hmm. And then this, so actually I did a couple of years. I, I feel like I actually like almost a sobriety thing. Yeah, I did a couple yeah. of years where I, I was, I was in control. I'm like, wow, I'm like an adult. I'm like, I'm not doing those stupid things anymore. You know, I, that was so, that was so 2017, you know, like I'm not, I'm not <laughs> behavior anymore. Yeah. Well, we're, we're on vacation in, um, my wife and I are on, in vacation in, in France. We went there for a month. Mm. It was a very beautiful thing. We, um, we rented an apartment in Paris in Belleville right, cool. and, um, just amazing kind of experience. And, um, we did a bunch of traveling around. We went to the south of southwest of France, so basically over by Bordeaux. Mm -hmm. And we drove a lot. We rented a car, and and it, thankfully it was a manual. And it was just it was a Hyundai. It was like a Hyundai. I don't know what. I don't even know. I can't remember what what uh, what it was. Mm. But I'm tearing around these like tiny tiny little roads in the yeah. southwest. France. There's no one out there. It's, yeah old towns that are like a thousand years old or whatever and i'm like oh man this is so this is so great and that reawakened kind of the 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 car monster mm. in me huh maybe i should start looking at other porsches you know like maybe i can talk my wife into letting me add I mean, she's, she's trapped with you for another few weeks right driving you know staying <laughs> oh, up, so you can you can start on it I started to slowly work on her a little bit. She's like, yeah, I know what you're doing. <laughs> I, know, I know exactly what you're up to. And I was like, yeah. but, you know, we don't like, so we don't have any kids, right? Because I'm a child and um, and I, I'm hard to manage, right? <laughs> so, so, you know, we're in a unique situation where we're older. Um, I'm, I'm 57. I was born in 1966. And... Um, she's the same age and so we have money saved mm. right so have we're, we're we're doing okay and i was like well you know we don't have kids so i'm starting to lay it lay it on him mm. mm. is we don't have college to pay for and have all these things and um maybe i could invest <laughs> i love where this is going it's great maybe i could invest in a gt3 Mm. and uh the first generation gt3s are relatively unloved true yeah. relatively they were right they kind of are still a little bit a little bit underappreciated and um and she was like all right i'm listening and i was like all right well here are three that are on the market and let's look at them. She's like, I don't want to look at them. If you're really interested in one, find the one, the best one. Mm -hmm. And then we'll talk about it. Okay. You know, me, I, at that point, it's like, that's, it's that's, like, that's the green light. Pitbull. Yeah. You know, I'm not happy until I get my jaws into something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so that's what led me to getting the GT3. I found right. a it's always easy to find a guy when you, you know, you, you have the resolve to do it. Right. Yeah, I found too. Austin, Texas and, um, and he's selling, uh, a, um, a speed yellow mm -hmm. 2004 and it had, um, it had the sport 
seats, so it didn't have the bucket seats, but it sure. had the um, the painted backs, mm -hmm. matching center console, painted speed yellow. It had leather interior, like leather dashboard, all that stuff. It didn't have PCCBs. I didn't want those anyway because mm. I'd read that they, you know, you end up having to replace them or yeah, twenty grand. Right, and they're 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 just expensive. And um, I was like, all right, this is going to happen. And she, God love her. I mean, seriously, she signed off on it. She's like, okay, th this might be the last car you ever buy. Yeah. And, yeah. In, in, my, in my mania, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's just get the check. Let's, let's get the check. Let's lay yeah. So I fly down there and, um, I wasn't like as stuck as I was with the buying the Cayman R because mm. I didn't say anything in particular. We didn't talk about money before I went down there with the guy. Mm. I wanted to so that I could maybe try to do a little moving and shaking. I ended up, I'm not going to talk about the price, but I ended up getting it for a decent price considering where the money was. It was a decent price. Did I steal it? No. Yeah. Did a fair price? Yes. Cool. And I got actually under what a fair price would be. So I, I did okay. It came with a bunch of extra stuff, which I sold because I didn't need it. It was like mm. extra parts that I was never going to use. Sure. And because uh, I was, if I was going to upgrade it, I was going to upgrade it to something new. Mm. Um, and I drove it, I drove it home and I drove it home in, in, uh, it's about, a, I can't remember how, like it's a thousand something miles from Chicago. Right. So I, we did the deal. We went out to a Mexican, lovely Mexican lunch. And at two 30, I'm like, I'm going to drive to Lincoln, Nebraska. Cause that was basically straight up on the map. Mm -hmm. If you look at Austin and Lincoln and yeah. Chicago is kind of over like that way. So it's a much longer drive and I couldn't have done yeah. it in one. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go straight through. I'm not stopping in any shady motels. I'm not doing any of that because I don't yeah. trust. And another part of the story that I kind of left out and I won't get into is that I was in bands, um, rock and roll bands uh, for years traveling mm -hmm. around the country in the back of really sketchy vehicles <laughs> and stayed in the, all the sketchy places you can imagine. Just yeah, yeah. the sketchiest of sketchy. And I was like, I don't want to ever do that again because it was kind of stressful. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go up to I make it to Lincoln. And about 13 and a half, maybe 14 hours later, I got to Lincoln. But it was quite biblical, the journey. Yeah. Started up super hot in, in Austin. And about the time that, you, that I got to around was at Arkansas or whatever before Kansas, mm. it was a huge, massive storm front, like the kind that makes tornadoes. Yeah. It was that level mm. of, it felt like the world was ending, you know, like it was like this black mass mm. on the horizon. Mm. Like I'm driving right into that. I'm driving right into that in this car that I just bought. I'm driving right into that. So I drive into it. And the first set of um, bad weather had hail what? and eye winds and crazy rain. 
and just to uh michael just to let you know we're we're about to time out again so let's just jump off and jump back on again sorry my friend uh, yeah, yeah 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 let's do yeah. that quickly okay great so you're heading into this storm and you've got the black you got the the rain yeah all the... and it, it, it was it was crazy you know i'm all alone it's like one o'clock in the morning again cold sweats mm. you know like i don't know whether the car's gonna hydroplane or not it was starting to shimmy around it it thankfully it did not have the uh, cup tires on it it had uh four s's on it pilot sport four s's and those are really good tires and they were new so i had that to my um that was to my advantage uh but anyway the, the weather was atrocious it hailed uh, my car didn't get damaged um i almost hit a deer, uh, raccoons, you know, I'm dodging stuff and like, and I'm all alone in Kansas and there's not a farmhouse, nothing. It, yeah. it feels like the, seriously like the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then I started to kind of laugh a little bit, like what, like, who am I? <laughs> why, why am I here? Why did I do? I'm driving this car, mm -hmm. which is the most expensive thing I've ever bought. Mm -hmm. and I'm driving through the some of the worst weather, barring snow, some yeah. of the worst weather I've ever dealt with. But I ended up getting to, to Lincoln around three, four in the morning wow. and um, it, it just totally exhausted. And, and, um, but it was, it was a total like, write this down. This is a, this yeah, is, a, yeah, of course. And, you know, I, 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 I learned a trick. Like if you start to yawn, um, which I was starting to do like four mm. hours in a trip mm. is I did not, I did not allow myself to yawn. I would bite down. Right. Okay. I, I bite down like that. And it would, the urge to, to yawn would subside. Mm -hmm. And I did that the whole way, an hour away from Lincoln. I'm like, I let, a, I had the, the hugest yawn and I'm like, Oh, I'm screwed. Yeah, I'm this is it. <laughs> I'm going to crash 15 miles away from my destination. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I made it and it was cool. And then I drove the next day to Chicago and, you know, and now I just have that car and it's my car and I love it. And so you've still got both cars, right? You got the Cayman and the I, GT3. I, I, I really can't sell them. I, 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 uh, think I would... well, the history tells us otherwise. <laughs> the history, the history tells, tells me a really terrible story, Yeah, but I don't oh, want yeah. You're very lucky. I think you've picked the the sweet spot, really. You know, in in the in the lineup, if you're going to go water cooled, you're going to kind of pick, you got from what two thousand and two thousand ish, no nine, late nineties, ninety eight, whatever it was, ninety seven, all the way to the modern day. And if and I think the turbo nine eleven started in twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, something like that. And so you have got this like ten year window, bit 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 more fifteen year window, and you've picked two of the best cars in that window for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was curious about your. Uh, it's it seems like you. It seems like you went through some changes with your Cayman as well. Still going. That, mm -hmm. Yeah. So you 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 had that, and then you bought the uh, Carrera T. Yeah, nine nine one dot two Carrera T, and I bought that. Uh, it would have been early last year, and had it for two months. And in the same way that you, you know you bonded with your Cayman R, 
you know, I didn't leave it long enough. And arguably some of the comments when I, because I put some YouTube videos out about this particular buying and selling process. Um, and they're like, man, you just didn't get that 911 long enough. But I would argue, and you've probably found this yourself through that entire journey, you get to a point where you know what you want and you know what you love. You don't need to justify it to anybody else. You know, right. what makes sense to you just makes sense to you. And that's all that needs to happen is it just needs to make sense to you. And that's where I come to with that, Cayman, is that it is the perfect car for me. And it's the perfect condition. And it's I know it's history. And now I've started making changes and I'm kind of starting to dial parts in. I'm buying GT4 RS parts and putting those on. And, I'm, you know, I'm just really starting to kind of pick things from wherever I want. Um, yeah. And so I will add but I won't ever get rid of that car. That is my Gran Torino, that car. That's good. I mean, I, I, I think it's, I think the Cayman is a, is just a, a really beautiful model. Mm. And I love the way it looks. I love the fact that it's a hatchback. Mm -hmm. So it takes me back to my very first car that I bought. Yeah. Yeah. It, of course. Did you just, just wait a second. Did you just compare my, Beautiful nine eight one to a Civic. <laughs> it's fine. I just get it. It's all good. Well, in that it has a hatchback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. I mean, that, you know, the, that's where it begins and ends. Yeah. Uh, but the but the the Cayman is just such an approachable vehicle, and mm. I I really think a lot of nine nine eleven people just don't get it. They don't they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like even my friend who has a Boxster, he has a a two thousand. Mm. boxster um that car is incredible mm. it's incredible like you drive and you're like this is what you need yeah yeah totally. it's, it's not what you want but if you want to if you like a certain thing this is what you need 100%. This is affordable yeah and it goes and mm -hmm. it's great it feels like a porsche yeah 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 so what? So going back to your, so you're convinced that the GT3, this beautiful speed yellow GT3, and your white 2011 Cayman S, they yeah. are they are the pairing, right? So is yeah. it now, is it now just about you know um, baking more memories in, doing some more stupid journeys that you sign yourself up to? Is it that stuff? Is yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I I feel like I already kind of because I had to put the car away because we're starting to get salt mm. snow that stuff um i had to put it away and i i had to think like all right well next year mm. what am i gonna and like well next year i'm gonna go to north carolina again i'm gonna go to the east coast i'm gonna go to drive to where i grew up in washington dc i'm gonna go visit my pennsylvania i might hook down and go visit my friend in georgia i'm already planning the That's planning so the cool. and then i'm thinking like all right well what vehicle am i going to take uh, it's going to be the GT3. Mm -hmm. But then again, you know, a little bit of me is like, I should probably make, take the Cayman on a trip out to the West Coast mm -hmm. and do the GT3 on the, uh, on the East Coast. Um, but yeah, I have, I have lots of plans. That's cool. And I, I'm, I'm excited about it. And it's good for me that I'm not really, again, take this with a massive lump of salt. <laughs> uh, I'm not really so much thinking about modifying anything on the gt3 yeah. because when when i drove that car it was such an uh, an eye-opening experience and like oh oh this mm -hmm. is what a dialed in car feels like yeah 
yeah you know there's a temptation the... to especially if you're you know diehard guy that modifies cars to kind of just think that you can do something a bit better you just you know but it, you, you're immediately got that car so they found the sweet spot between the best rogue driving car that can do some track work that isn't a race car so you're not getting like this like overwhelming mvh and it's everything's rattling and it's creaking you know it's not that it's, it's the packaging's perfect everything from that point onwards if you get closer to, to a track toy it's going to be taking away from this the perfect road car so yeah. it you really have to kind of start thinking about what is that use of that car if you're going to go if you're going to keep the cayman for a road car and the gt3 becomes a track toy well then fair enough but do you really want to do that if it's if it's a really great car you know you get get a track wrap that is kind of perfect for that that's got scuffs and marks away but if you've got this really beautiful car it's yeah. a shame right yeah it i mean like uh it's it's funny about the track i i went to the track quite a few times on the motorcycles mm. that was that was intense you know there's no mm. there's no room for errors yeah. on yeah when you two wheels it's a, it's quite an experience and i've gone in cars and mostly I, a lot of times i went with my uh my friends and i'd end up in the passenger seat in my friend's mark one scirocco mm -hmm. that with the full roll cage and he's he's trying to scare me you know it was like that, those experiences sorry i went to the track and he's like he's a really good this other guy's a really good driver and that's mm -hmm. his car and he's like hey why don't you come out with me and i'm like oh cool how scary mm -hmm. could be plenty scary and i i learned all right that was a good experience for me because i don't really want to replicate that experience right. i don't i don't want to chase that it's not it's not what's in me like what's in me with cars is these trips mm. going it sounds to like it it is it's the it's the it's the fortune and fire stuff that we said an hour and 20 minutes ago you know it's, yeah. it's the it's the things that the, the journeys you take and the silly decisions that you make that you know, and you meet people along the way, or you tell this fascinating story that you know millions of people around the world get to listen to. You know, so it's 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 that that's what it's about. Yeah, I mean that 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 is what you know. You you can say, oh, with this brand um, is is a more satisfying car, or mm. you know, the, this model is you know that you're going to have more fun in this model. But I found every car that I've owned has presented me with some interesting experiences mm -hmm. and motorcycles too. Like I just had some crazy experiences and it's just like, wow, this is, these are, these vehicles do, they, they, they mean something mm -hmm. to me. And I like, why, why are you wasting? I have friends who are like, why do you care about cars? They're polluting the environment. They're mm -hmm. causing warming, blah, blah, blah. You know, we, we we've all heard it right mm -hmm. why do you like these things that are bad technology blah 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 why don't you just get an electric car and, and i'm always like well maybe someday i'll get an electric car and maybe i will have to mm -hmm. um, i don't think there's anything wrong with them i'll probably have a lot of experiences in those cars but i like these things that make me go to places and do things and meet people that i wouldn't normally do yeah and that's the awesome thing and plus i like the way they look and yeah. i like being inside of them and i like the way they feel like porsches for instance you know the way the steering feels mm -hmm. the, the inputs on the, sh the shifter feel the way the brakes feel mm -hmm. uh, it's such a, an addictive thing 
Mm. So like, I like that. I chase that. Mm. You know, I, I, I uh, oftentimes in the summer, me and my friend, Chris, the same Chris that I worked with at the jail, um, we'll go up to Wisconsin, which is just right above Illinois. Mm-hmm. So Chicago's here yeah. and Wisconsin here is here and Michigan's here. Yeah. So I've, I have trips and uh, that I can take in both and I can go down to Indiana as well. And we'll like, I'll play hockey on really early on Saturday morning. I'll, I'll put my bag on top of the GT3 because I have a roof rack on that too. Mm-hmm. And he'll meet me up at a diner at like eight o'clock in the morning because I play really early mm. and we'll spend 10 hours on the road carving mm. up the roads of Wisconsin and the farmer's fields and all this stuff. He's on a motorcycle, mm. sometimes with his wife. And he has a, he has a BMW um, R, or it's a 1200 RT. So it's like kind of like a touring, but big touring bike. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, he's a great motorcycle rider. So I follow him mm. and just, we just get lost and we do i in the summer i do this a lot and um God, it's such a it's such an amazing thing it's like an amazing thing and my friends are like what did you do you drove up to wisconsin where'd you go and i'm like i don't know we were in these small towns we, were, we, we had we had lunch from it, it, at this truck you know in the middle of wherever wherever and they're like oh and you do that for fun you like to drive and i'm like yeah yeah i was that was uh, that's what i do mm-hmm. they like they scratch their head like well what does that cost a lot of money and gas i'm like yeah, you're missing the point i can't listen michael i've absolutely loved this conversation it's been you know i've been lucky enough that i've done this a few times now and you know, they've always been interesting, but this is, you know, the one that, well, it's lasted longer than any other Your Porsche story by about four times. So um, I'll extend my thank you to you for sharing so openly everything from the start all the way we are now. Um, stay in touch. I'd love to hear more about what happens when you sell sure. two cars and you go and buy some. I mean, yeah, you'd be fascinated to find out, but we'll wait and see her. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that there are a lot of people waiting to see. But I, I was going to tell you that, you know, I, I sometimes I sometimes go over to um, to the UK and, mm. and I might maybe I'll look you up when I'm over Definitely. there. Definitely. It would be, be, you know, you'd be um, more than welcome. It'd be a great thing to do. Yeah. If you can time it when there's um, one of the car shows on, you know, go, go to Goodwood or something like that, that'd be really cool. Oh, yeah, that, that, that would be so cool. I um, my wife and I got married in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we, we want to go back. COVID, COVID kind of messed it up because we yeah. had our fifth anniversary right when COVID happened. Oh, okay. So I, I'm definitely going to be back over. So. Yeah, look, look me up. We'll sort something out for sure. Um, yeah, thank you so much. If you want to be on your Porsche stories, you can do that. Just drop me a, an email, info at reengineering.com. Or if you uh, slide over to Instagram, it's at reengineeringuk on Instagram. You can be on your Porsche stories. Mikey, Michael, thank you so much for the time. And right. um, yeah, we'll, we'll stay in touch and catch up another time. All right. Thank you, Paul. Thanks. Take care, my friend. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, thanks ever so much for listening. Really hope you enjoy uh, this episode. It's been lovely to see um, climbing the charts as well. You know, check obviously the YouTube automotive chart and the, um, not so much the YouTube automotive chart, but the podcast chart. Um, and we've hit a high of 16 in the UK, which is 
<laughs> just plays my mind. Because it's just me most of the time doing this. And you never know whether people are going to enjoy it or... Uh, feedback's really difficult because YouTube, obviously, you get likes and you get... And same with Instagram. If people particularly love what you're doing, it's easy to see. Podcasting is totally different. You don't get to see unless you leave a review for me to see and actually put some comments down on Apple Podcasts or you know all the other places you can listen to this podcast i just never really get to hear about whether you're loving it or not that bothered at all so um i do hope you are really enjoying it i get so much out of it personally when it when it's talking to people and especially where like michael's episode is just it's natural and we could go for hours and hours and hours so i hope that felt like i felt that translated and i hope it i hope you felt that it translated as well um, if you're listening to this and you've got any Porsche, you know, I, and I've said it lots of times, I think I even said it on the last podcast, um, I love every single Porsche there is ever made, expensive, inexpensive, kept it for two minutes and got rid of it and it'd be interesting to know why that happened or kept it for your entire life. The, all the journeys are interesting to me and it's the people at the heart of it so um, please do reach out and you can email me info at reengineering.com or you can get hold of me uh, dm at reengineering uk on instagram um, but for now though thank you so much for listening i hope you have a lovely week and i will be back on sunday on youtube as normal uh, and this will be back uh, well, obviously, obviously every week on a thursday um, thanks ever so much for listening and i will see you all very soon take care for now bye bye